our one and only Christmas episode. Yes, it's also our only episode for December. Yes, we are skipping over the week of Christmas so that you guys can spend the time with your family. Don't have to, like, worry about listening to worry us. Worry about listening to us. <laughs> but no, we, um... We need, we need the Christmas break. You need the Christmas break. Spend the time with your families. That's what we're going to be doing. Um, and we'll be back on January 1st uh, with our friend Tyler uh, to do The Mist. Yes, which I'm excited about. Another movie I haven't seen. So <laughs> Yes, I think that one's going to wreck her. But uh, enough about The Mist. We're going to get to that at the end of the month. But uh, this week we're covering Gremlins from 1984. Yeah, and this is my first time watching this one as well. Yeah, it's great. It's good for the whole family. It's very, it's definitely targeted towards younger audiences. It's children's horror for sure. Yeah, and it, uh, the original script, which I'll, I'll touch base a little bit now, was way more darker and was going to push that R rating. Yeah, oh yeah. But it got the PG rating. Yeah, because but, at the time, yeah. no PG-13 rating. Yeah, it, that came to be like maybe a week or two after this aired, like was put out for box office and everything like that. So then PG-13 came to be. So everybody wasn't accidentally walking into something crazy. Well, the issue was that a lot of parents complained about the PG rating on this movie and on Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom, both of which were rated PG. And they were like, this isn't R, but this isn't PG. Right. So hence PG-13 was born. I am happy that that has been added because... You can push the envelope a little bit without having to get an R rating. Nothing makes a G rating anymore. Everything's got to have parental guidance. I haven't seen a G rating in years. In ages I, I since mean, looking at an also, old VHS from I mean, Disney. Could that also be because we're older and we don't watch G movies? That have, no. Like, <laughs> again, when was the last time you saw something have a G rating? I like, that's true. Genuinely, that was actually good. <laughs> that was actually good. <laughs> What do you think about it? Well, no, you're right. That's kind of what I'm All saying. All the Disney movies are practically PG, but there's also some adult humor snuck in there, as always. Always. Anyways. Disney. Yeah, Gremlins, PG. I mean, I recommend it for a younger audience. It's it's not scary. It's funnier. Yeah. The I, Gremlins are kind of fun. I think they're, they're mischievous more than they're evil. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe minus Stripe, but... Yeah, this is definitely comedy horror for the family, but it's also a monster movie. It's yeah. also classified as a monster movie. So that's kind of the categories we're going with on this one. Uh, you want to cover people? Yeah, so start with the director. Joe Dante directed this movie. Steven Spielberg actually bought the script for this movie, who was, which was written by Chris Columbus. So he is the mastermind behind the story. But Steven Spielberg said this really was Dante's film, and he kind of let him have the reins. Um, Spielberg and Frank Marshall were executive producers on this film. Yep. Yeah, is that it for the cast? Oh, I forgot to mention, probably should note Chris Wallace, who's the creator of the Gremlins. Yeah. he did the puppetry slash animatronics for them as well. Yeah, he was definitely the lead on, on all of that. On all the Gremlins, all of the Mogwais and... Yeah, that was his his shtick. Uh, and then for cast, we're not going to go through the whole cast because it is a larger cast. And it's like a lot of um, male guy number two type of a deal. So we're just going to focus on our, our main characters. So we have Zach Gilligan, who played Billy. He's our main guy, our main dude. And then Phoebe uh, Cates, who uh, played Kate uh Beeringer? I don't know. I don't even know if they, they say never the last ever name. said the last name, but we're gonna go with Beeringer because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> um, and then we had Hoyt Axton as Randall or Rand. They never called him Randy, just Rand. He's the dad of Billy. And then their mother, Frances Lee McCain, uh, who played Lynn, the mother. Um, and then Polly Holiday played the evil. Lady Mrs. Deagle, Mrs. Deagle, which I find it ironic that they play they had someone named Holiday who's such a Grinch in the movie. Like her name is Holiday. Oh, it's yeah. a happy name, and then she plays essentially the villainous, the villainous the side the, character, side almost. character. Yeah, but she's she's still a villain type 
Murray-esque character. And then we had Dick Miller as Murray uh, Futterman, mm-hmm. who... He, he he pops up every once in a while. He's the neighbor of um, the Pulsars. And he mentions, like, the origins of Gremlins, which we'll get to after we go through everything. And then Mushroom the dog played Barney. And then, fun fact about Howie Mandel playing Gizmo. Yeah, his voice. He's the voice of Gizmo. <laughs> uh, when I was doing research on this, I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> like, I believe you texted me, you're like, Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> what I, is this? Uh, <laughs> um, I got some of my research mostly through YouTube videos this week. There is, like, Same. on on YouTube, there's a, like, how we made this movie type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's an extra on the Blu-ray, I believe, is kind of what I saw was seeing online. So mm-hmm. if you have the DVD or the Blu-ray of Gremlins, yeah. you should be able to watch, like, a behind-the-scenes thing that talks a lot about what we'll be talking about. Yeah, this will probably be a shorter episode. We really didn't find anything that it was based on or any significant... Although, Furbies. Did you remember those in the 90s? Yeah, I had a couple. Demonic toys, yes, those. Yeah, they never shut up. No, they were based off of Gizmo. Yeah. Which I totally saw. I was I was talking and I was like, is, is okay. Gizmo based off Furby? Is Furby based off Gizmo? And then it... Furbies came out way after the 80s. Thing is, Gizmo slept. The Furbies did not. The Furbies are terrifying. <laughs> the Furbies. Oh, I had two that would talk to each other in my closet sometimes. That is so creepy. Because if you hit the closet, it woke them up. Ew. And they would just start talking. And since their voice activated and you have two of them talking to each other, they don't shut up. <laughs> Well, what do you do? You gotta put one somewhere else and then burn the other one? Take out the batteries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But yeah. Yes, Furbies. I would have much rather had a gizmo. Had a little Mogwai gizmo. Well, I'm pretty sure they made gizmo toys. I mean, yeah. not to the extent of like a Furby, but. Right. But they also have like video games mm-hmm. and, and things. They had a sequel. There's a sequel out there. They've talked about a third, but yes. they did not end up making it. Um, they're still tossing that around, actually. Yep. So it's still maybe in the works, maybe not in the works. We'll find out in the future. Um, but should we jump in the synopsis? Let's do it! Yes, so Randall, the dad, he's an inventor, and he's strolling down Chinatown, going through antique stores, and he's mostly trying to find a Christmas present for his son, Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, he encounters a small boy, a small Chinese boy who takes him to his grandfather's shop that's kind of in an alleyway yeah um and goes down the steps goes into the antique everything looks really cool in there um and they he's talking to the grandfather and notices that it's probably a good time to try and pitch his new invention the bathroom buddy man Ah, this is so cringy. I mean, it's not a <laughs> just, it's not a bad idea. No, it's great. as an invention, but it's so it's not well working. It's no. not a functioning product at the moment. You don't want to show off something you're trying to sell and have it break on you in the middle of selling it. Yeah, which happens. The toothpaste gets all over him. You? Yeah, toothpaste, it's, and then it like stains you until you wash your clothes. Yeah, because he got bright green it wasn't like white toothpaste on a white shirt it was bright mint green Ugh. toothpaste and it was very, very liquidy yeah that's probably he probably had to dilute it with water in order for it to come out of the dispenser i mean yeah but while that's going on while he's messing with that he hears like the little chirping in the background and and it's gizmo in his little box yeah so we, we don't know what he looks like yet at this point no he's just in the box it's he's behind making, him right the camera yeah, he's singing his little t- his little song, and he's just so cute. But we don't see him yet. We just hear his little like yeah, his, his little chirping. Cute. His chirping was actually a soprano voice actress. Yes. So uh, we didn't touch on this, but the musical composer for this film is Jerry Goldsmith. Yes, yes, yes. So he had someone from his choir come in and sing for that part. Yes, because Gizmo has a cute little high-pitched voice. He's got to have a cute little high-pitched singing voice. Gizmo admittedly grew on me. When I first saw him, I was like, 
I can't get over the fact that he looks like a Furby. And then, as you get to know him a little bit more, he gets a lot cuter. He does. Can't he judge a book by its cover. No, no, definitely not. So, the dad is trying to bargain for bringing Gizmo home. Mm-hmm. Bringing the Mogwai home. He's not called Gizmo yet. Um, he's trying to haggle it with Grandfather. And father, Grandfather's like, uh, no, he's not for sale. Mm-hmm. He comes with a lot of responsibility. By the way, also, there's a lot of racist undertones throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. also the 80s. I, I hope we never have to encounter it this much. Like, he mentioned something about dragon breath to a Chinese man. And it's a very stereotypical... It is very stereotypical. <laughs> a representation of a yeah. Chinese And there's a scene later where, like, the gremlins are kind of reenacting what the stereotypical African-American bar scene would have looked like. Oh, yeah, it's very stereotypically violent and, like, rowdy, and but we'll get to that. But I just want to let you know we are not blind to the racism <laughs> that this movie presents. And I hope that we have grown as a society to not... I think we've done better. We've, we're doing better. We can still go, get better, but we are doing better than saying Dragon's Breath the very beginning of a movie in Ch- in downtown Chinatown. So, fun fact about um, Gizmo. He's a Mogwai, which we've talked about. Yep. That is... Mogwai is based Can- off of Cantonese. It's a Cantonese word. Mugwi is actually how you're supposed to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means devil. Yep, or monster. It depends on the translator, but yes. Yeah. Should have been a red flag, but when you don't know Cantonese, what are you going to no. do? No, I didn't know that until researching that, this, because, like, it... It sounds like a made-up We made just up thought word. it was a made-up word or, like, the species, like, a, a unfamiliar species that was just made up. But anyways, grandfather denies saying that it comes with great responsibility, but the yeah, grandson yeah, yeah, yeah. is but, like... <laughs> I got this. Yeah, the grandson is just like, well, we need the money... I'll meet you outside, you and I will do the exchange, and that's what happens. So the grandson smuggles the Mogwai out, daddy pays for him sketchily in the back alley, Mm -hmm. and takes him home. Oh, a quick uh, note on the scene, it's this Chinatown-looking area. There is a crash or a car somewhere in that scene that is an AMC Gremlin. Is the type of car. Just a cute little side note. (laughs) Kid. (laughs) Um, and then we cut on over to Billy, I believe. Yeah, he, we do. So we cut on over to Billy. He's on, he's trying to start his car. His little bug. It's not working. Okay, look. I hate bugs. I hate bugs. They're horrible cars. <laughs> you hate the car, the actual okay, insects. Okay, I also hate insects. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's not working. No, it, it's also the dead of winter, so it's covered in snow, which is probably why it's not starting. Snow in parentheses. This was filmed on a back lot in L.A. from pretty much April to August in yep. the middle of California. The snow that you see is either white sand or any of the really close-up shots that they did, they brought in, like, a big ice cube, and they would ground it down into fine ice crystal snow that you would see in the more close-up shots. Yeah. But poor Billy. I mean, yeah, I feel bad. He's trying to get to work. He's running late. His uh, neighbor offers to jumpstart his car, Mm -hmm. but he's like, no, I'll just walk it. I'm already running late. It's a very small town. I don't understand why you're trying to get your car to start when you could literally just walk it the way he did. Um, but they make a, a mention of how foreign cars don't work as well in America. That's a comment that the neighbor makes, and he's like, Mr. My, snow, my American-made snowplow has lasted me 15 years, never has quit on me. <laughs> and, and he's done that, and he's like, all right, I'm, I'm done talking to you, Mr. Fetterman. And he, him and his dog run over to work. Yes, he works um, at a bank. He does work at a bank, and on the way to the bank, so this is a, a, a lot uh, where they filmed this on, like I said. Back to the Future was also filmed on this lot. Yep. And they pass by a movie theater, and the movie theater has two different names on it. I'm just making sure to say this right. Okay, it's, there's one is A Boy's Life, and the other one is Watch the Skies. 
These two were working titles for both E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which were Steven Spielberg movies. Oh. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm just like, all right. I I didn't know that until you just mentioned it. (laughs) (laughs) Fun facts. You you stumped me for once. (laughs) Normally, you get me. Normally. But yeah, he makes it to the bank, hides his dog underneath his desk area because he's a bank teller, so they come with a little gated area. He hides the dog underneath, ties him up. Great. Phoebe, who's playing Kate, walks over, looking, making little little eyes at little him. Little Google like, eyes. And, uh, I don't know, she mentions something or another. And then you cut to this very angry old lady holding a snowman head. Mrs. Deagle. <laughs> I hate oh, this woman. It's horrible. <laughs> and... My roommate Justin, he was just like, I want her to die. <laughs> At this point, he's like, I'm done with her already. I mean, I understand <laughs> having, like, some kind of villainous neighbor character, but when she said she wanted to literally take or kill his dog... She wanted to initially euthanize it, and then she, he's just like, it's much better than what I would actually do to your dog. And then she goes off on this long tangent about, like, severely beating this dog essentially to death. I'm thinking that's a threat, right? You could probably report that, correct? Yeah, but I think she's got more hold on the town than what is initially shown. Yeah, there was a... Because they mentioned it to, like, the mayor and all that, and everybody knows who this woman is, and they're just like, we're not dealing with her. (laughs) She's a pain. She's crazy. There's a deleted scene in the movie they obviously didn't include, with Mrs. Deagle showing how she had her hands in owning a bunch of land or something like that. Um, basically, she had a lot of power in the town. Yeah, because I think she's also a, at least a landlady to another family who's having kind of a rough time. Because she yeah. pretty much brushes them off before she walks into the bank. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we just need like a couple extra weeks just to finish getting the rent to you. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, uh, no. <laughs> she's definitely a Scrooge. For sure. And then it was really sad because then the kids were like, I'm hungry, Mama. And the mom was like, I'm hungry too. And she kind of like, yeah, hurdles them over to, or not huddles them and then moves them along. Yeah, it's just sad. And this um, woman is obviously higher class. She's rich. She's snooty. She's. Is she wearing a wig as well? Because you see her later in the movie, and she doesn't have red hair. And she definitely has red hair in that opening scene. Uh, she's either wearing ri- a wig, or you know, like, those fancy later- ladies back in the day had, like, that, um... I don't, it's not a towel, but they had, like, it's a, a wrap, wrap around their head yeah. with, like, that jewel or whatever. I think she has something like that. I can't really remember her, because I hated her so much. I kind of... You repressed it. Goodbye! I, I needed her from my memory. <laughs> um... But no, she walks in, she skips everybody in line, uh-huh. threatens to take the dog, uh, the dog ro- frees himself and starts making a break for it. Doesn't he bite her or something? He tries to attack her, but not like really attack her because he's not that kind of dog. He no. doesn't do that to anybody else. He's not vicious. It's self-defense. <laughs> clearly self-defense. I'm okay with Barney. Barney's cool. Yes, but she clearly has... No strength to fight off this dog, so in my opinion, her threat is very empty. I just don't like her. I don't like her either. But she and leaves. she's not as much a part of the movie as I thought she was going to be. No. She's blame- She's basically blaming the dog for breaking her imported snowman. <laughs> I forgot it was imported. Yes, it was oh. an imported snowman. Oh, gosh. Okay. Like from Bulgaria or something no, like that? It, was... it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. But she, she, her head, the head of her snowman that she was trampsing around town with, that breaks also because of the dog, because she drops it. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Um, but no, she scuffles off in her angry little woman voice and... Um, but poor, poor Barney. So they, they finish off their work day and they go home walk home, and Billy, when he walks in, the sword from the wall falls down. That happens frequently whenever they close the door. I'm just like, get better nails or something. But it's fine. <laughs> um, He walks into the kitchen. His mom's working on, on dinner. Yeah. 
dad's been on a trip, so she she's kind of got, like, kind of a sad feel about her at this time, because she's uh, probably missing the husband. Yeah, I... She's trying to be supportive, but also the stay-at-home mom. I thought, originally, she was upset with her husband, because her husband is the salesman, and it's very clear he's not selling his products. That, and I think also Mrs. Deagle called the house at one point. Yeah, yeah. So probably also threatened her. Yeah. Which, I would be upset too if someone was coming to try and take away my dog or my son's dog or whatever. Oh, I'm so upset. But you see all the different, like, contraptions throughout the kitchen too that they're trying to use the dad's inventions and she adds... The Peltzer stuff. He offers to help with dinner and she's like, can you just crack the eggs and the egg cracker is crazy it just it's nothing works no it cracks one egg and all the other eggs fall through the slide and onto the floor it's bad it and it it, that's kind of the way all of his inventions seem to be that they're maybe they're a good idea in theory but they're bad in execution yeah there's like a coffee maker he tries to make there's a juicer (laughs) there's yeah the buddy, the bathroom buddy. Yeah, that's the, the main too. one. Yes, that's that's his current one that he's trying to push. But they're trying to start a conversation. But dad comes home. Dad comes home. Everybody kind of it's like, oh, hey, let's go say hi to him. We haven't seen him in like a week or two. And he comes in with the mugway, who uh, then he says that he's named Gizmo. Yes, gives him the rules that little Chinese boy gave. He doesn't have a name, that's why I'm calling him the Chinese boy, because that's how he's credited. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have a name for him, that's how he's credited. Um, that can't, um, can't expose to sunlight or any light. Doesn't like bright light. Doesn't like bright light, but sunlight will kill him. Yes. Specifically. Can't get him wet. Yep. We don't know why yet, but we'll get there. Because that's in the movie. And then don't feed them after midnight, which is the most important rule. I said absolutely no feeding him after midnight. Yes. This, uh, these instructions, this line was actually ad-libbed. Like, he was told you have to say these things, but you, whatever manner you wish to do it in, you can do it. So the dad ad-libbed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But... He opens the box, and this is the first time we see little Gizmo, his two little paws come up, and he hoists himself up over the box, and he's looking around, his ears are flapping oh, a little bit. so cute. And he, he also kind of jumps a little bit, scares the dog. The dog was confused because he thought it was real for yeah. a long time. And that was the goal. I, I mean, if you can convince a dog that the thing you put in front of them is a real thing, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you succeeded. Yeah. And I, th- I think the reveal was well worth the build-up yeah. so far in the movie. So little Gizmo, he sings a little bit. It's kind of bright light, so he says bright light, bright light. Yeah, he does. high-pitched voice. Um, they cradle him, take a picture of him, and that's the flash also bothers him. So Billy takes him up to his room, mm-hmm. kind of play with him a little bit. Gizmo singing with the keyboard. He's got a little Santa hat on at one point. Oh, that's right. He's real so cute. cute. He's very festive. So when Billy was working with Gizmo, like throughout this scene and throughout the other scenes, Billy's costume also had all of the wiring yep. for Gizmo. And like sometimes one, sometimes up to 12 people were working Gizmo at one point. Yeah. Through like underneath the desk, like with. The puppetry and everything like that. And Gizmo had, like, several different expression faces. Mm-hmm. Stick-on so, faces. Yeah. Which is a great idea. Wouldn't that be nice if we could do that? It's like, today I'm going to be happy. Rip your face off and put a new one on. Kind of like um that Two-Face guy, the mayor from Nightmare Before oh, Christmas. Yeah. He's like, I'm, just, I'm in distress, I'm happy. <laughs> like, those are his two emotions. Um, the people who were controlling it, actually, like, they were underneath, like, a desk, but they watched through a monitor to mm-hmm. see what they should be doing, but because there were so many different people doing one puppet. Yeah. Um, like one person would have the hand, one person would have the fingers, one person would have the other hand, the face, the ears, like everybody had a job. Mm-hmm. And it was like a choreographed dance that they had to try and figure out yeah. on the fly. 
and it translated beautifully on screen but I feel so bad for some of them it must they were not like allowed to like leave their post for hours right and Gizmo broke down a lot yeah little springs in like his face especially broke down so it it delayed hours of Mm -hmm. what could have been time spent actually filming but they wanted to do it right they took their time as much as they could and I think Gizmo was great. Little, little baby Gizmo. He was, he was very They good. did great. Um, there's also a little scene during this when Gizmo is watching the TV and he's watching like a little race car oh, yeah, guy. He's like, and he's like making the noises like, <laughs> he's so cute. Um, at one point, a bright light happens again and he gets startled and kind of gets a little cut on his noggin. So yeah. Billy takes him to the bathroom and patches him up without water. I was getting concerned. I'm like, don't, don't be dabbing. You know, like, this, this storyline is very linear. No real big surprises going on here. No, no big twists. No. You know when you get those three rules that they will be broken. hmm <laughs> Like. Absolutely. But at this point, no water. Just a little Band-Aid. We're all good. Go to bed. Great. Billy goes to work without the dog this time. Goes to work. Mm-hmm. Um, encounters Mrs. Deagle again because she's such a ray of sunshine. She's so good. I don't don't like her. But yeah, it makes a comment about her trying to find the dog. The dog is actually with Dad for most of the movie at this point. Yeah. Um, and Gizmo's just chilling out at home. So Billy goes home, someone comes to, like, a Pete? Pete drops off the tree. He do, he comes, is he the kid that's dressed in the tree costume? In yes. The early part of the movie? Yes, so he's <laughs> Can like. Can you imagine? You're selling Christmas trees, and what you have to do is dress up as a tree. That'd be horrible. Right? Like, it's just. I thought his name was Pete. I don't think his name is Pete. Maybe it's. Oh, no, here we go. Pete. Corey Feldman played Yes. Him. So, he's dressed up like a Christmas tree delivering Christmas trees. So, he delivers it to the to Billy's house, and Billy helps him hide the horrendous tree costume. And their story is when he goes back to his boss saying that he got mugged. <laughs> <laughs> and that he doesn't know what happened to the costume that he's supposed to be wearing. Which I'm like... Good for you, kid. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. want to wear that either. Like, I'm sure you're just getting, like, a couple bucks to do this. Which in the 80s, I guess, is... Which is, like, I didn't mention this before, but uh, Billy's dad paid a couple hundred dollars for Gizmo. And I was thinking, that's a lot of money. That I mean, I know it's an animal kind of thing. It's a pet. Yeah. He spent at least a couple hundred on a dog, usually. He spent 200 on Gizmo. Which, for the 80s, is a lot of money, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, and I also don't understand how he had that much on him. Yeah, he just had $200 bills, just, like, in his pocket. Well, uh, on a business trip. And he's clearly not selling his products very well. So where is he getting this money from? I did have questions about that, but I don't think it's really relevant. It's not relevant. It's not mentioned. But it's just a thought that, you know, came came to my brain. But anyways, they, they're playing with Gizmo a bit, singing a little bit, and the kid gets water on Gizmo. Yeah, he does. Gizmo seems to be in quite a bit of pain. But these little screams. Yeah, he screams. He seems to be in pain. And he's squirming around, but these fur balls are exploding out of his back. Yeah. And they are multiplying into more mogwais. So this was. And they look far more like bullies. They're they're not great. Bully mogwais. These little things that pop out of Gizmo's back. Pop would be a good word. They're made out of balloons. Mm-hmm. In order to expand. So when they come out and they hop onto there, they do that and they get bigger and then they turn into little gizmos. Yeah, so we have five now. Five or six. One has a stripe on the top of its head. Yes, white he's got mohawk. like a little mohawk. Yeah, he's definitely the punk rock bad boy of the Mogwai. He's the community. leader. Yes, he's quite the jerk face, but he's very yeah. mischievous already before anything else gets crazy. 
Um, he's cutting wires and he's making a ruckus. He tricks Billy into feeding them. Uh, well, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. So they, Billy takes one of them to the high school science professor. He's a little creepy. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. So, takes him over there. They're going to kind of figure out what he's about and kind of study him a little bit. Run experiments on him because we don't know what this is. And Right. I, I hope they were safe for the poor little Mogwai. Uh, but the guy is working past midnight and the... Mogwai gets a hold of a sandwich that he left out. Didn't yeah. follow the rules. I don't think Billy told him the rules. Billy doesn't... It was never shown. I would hope that they did, but it was never shown. See, I I like Billy. He seems like he wants to be a responsible kid, but he's not listening to the rules that were given to him, and he's not communicating them to other people. That's true. Because he didn't communicate it to Pete. No. He accidentally got him wet. And he didn't explain that to the science guy. Otherwise, I'm sure the science guy, I hope, would have been more careful with his sandwich. Because at midnight, the mogwai takes the sandwich. And then eats it. And he becomes a little gremlin. Yes. And the same thing happens with the other five back at the house. Yes. They, he thinks that it's before midnight because... They that's what the his, wires on the clock. And that's what his clock says. So, Although, okay, this one's not on Billy. No, it's not on Billy. Although, can I say, uh, just out of curiosity, if you chewed two of the wires off on a clock, wouldn't the whole clock go out? Well, it's I guess not digital. it's analog. It's one of those flip right. ones. Yeah. No, it was analog, I thought. No, it was a flip one. I don't... Oh, yeah. It was not, like, the circle... It was not the circle. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was analog. I'm pretty sure. We can look I'm that up, but either way, up. it's not... A, either way, it's not a digital clock. So it's no. frozen on the time... That the gremlins chewed through the the wire. And so this one's not on Billy. They tricked him. He gives him chicken. It's analog. It is analog? Okay. He gives him the chicken. Offers it to Gizmo. Gizmo said no. Gizmo says no. I think he knew what was up. He's like, no, it's past my bedtime. I'm going to stay cuddled up up here. I'm going to keep watching my my movies. Midnight snacks are no good. Although, I mean, I and in the morning, we have all of these eggs. Very alien. Yes. Very alien. And the... Goopy. The science guy came to school and found that it was an egg now. So they go they go and talk to the science guy again. They're like, what is happening to my... Yeah, but this isn't happening to Gizmo... Um, and he doesn't fully get what is happening, but by the time he gets home and shows his mom, mom's like, well, did you do this? No, I don't think so. Well, did this happen? No, Gizmo got wet, but that's how we got the other ones, so it's, and it's not happening to Gizmo. Well, did you feed him after that? Like, no, see? And then he looks at the clock, and he's like, that's, and then he looks and inspects the wire of the clock and realizes his mistake. So realizing that they are now turning and morphing into their next stage. He doesn't know what that is yet. He doesn't know what the gremlins look like yet. We don't know yet. Yeah, we have no idea. No idea. So he goes to the bank to work. No problem. And uh, the science teacher has class. It's like, it's very near to Christmas. So I think it's something like a half day. They're watching some kind of video, which is kind of disturbing. It had some weird images on the screen. Yeah, it was some was sort a heartbeat? Of, yeah, it was a biology class, so yeah. I guess it makes sense. But he realizes that the egg is hatched, mm-hmm. and he's starting to try and look around for... The, the newly hatched mogwai. Yes. And so once the bell rings, he dismisses all the kids out one door, mm-hmm. and starts to look around for them, and that specific gremlin, because now he's a gremlin... Um, kills off the science dude. Is he really dead? He is really dead. He is... What? His face... It's mentioned on the horror fandom wiki page that he was bitten and started to be munched on. 
What? In the original script, the uh, gremlins were supposed to eat people. I knew that. There was supposed to be a scene where the gremlins were in McDonald's, and instead of eating the McDonald's food, they ate the people eating the McDonald's. Yes. Like I didn't realize the science yes. teacher was dead. I thought he was so, just passed out with a, like a tranquilizer I mean, we dart in his butt. We don't see his face. No, we and don't. And that's the portion that was... Getting munched on. Munched on a little oh bit. Oh my gosh. Oh my yes. gosh, it's so dark. Yes. So he, Billy realizes, doesn't report it. No, Billy was going to call, and then he does it. He calls mom. He does, because he realizes... He calls mom to warn mom, but then the... The line cuts mm-hmm. as as he's speaking to her. Mm-hmm. And mom's at home baking cookies. Mom's badass. Let's just say that. She gets that distressing call from Billy, grabs a knife. Does she have a phone call with her husband here? Yeah. Husband's off on a convention. Yeah, so there's a bunch of little tidbits here yeah. in this scene uh, where he's talking to the wife. I'm going to go and find out. First of all, there is a a part where Steven Spielberg, he, like, broke his leg at some point during this film, and he's in a little wheelchair, electric wheelchair. He scoots across the screen. There's a, was it Robbie the Robot is behind him Mm -hmm. in one of theirs? There's a time machine in one shot when you see him talking to the wife that's there. And then in the next shot, it's gone, and people are looking for it. There's a bunch of little things like that in this scene here. Yeah. It's definitely a little Easter egg hunt throughout mm-hmm. the the background of this movie a lot. There are times. so many little things. Yeah. Definitely. And it's great. I love it. I love Easter eggs <laughs> in movies. I love it so much. Um, so, yeah. Lynn, the mom, talks to Dad for a little bit. That's done. Talks to Billy for a little bit. Gets the warning. The line cuts. She grabs a knife to go investigate what's all going on. And while that's all happening, I believe, upstairs, the gremlins are playing darts with Gizmo. So... And I was like, not my baby. The reason they put this scene in was because the poor people who had to control all the features of Gizmo, they were like wrote a list of all the things they wish they could do to Gizmo because they were so frustrated with the puppet, and this was one of those things. So they decided to put it in as kind of a, uh... Well, it also... Hear you. <laughs> it also kind of becomes, like, the fact that they're so different, Spike, or, yeah, Stripe and Gizmo. Gizmo is a victim. Gizmo is on the side of Billy. It, yes. It kind of sets that up. Yes, and... He's not conforming to follow Stripe's lead. Right. That's another thing. All the other ones did. Gizmo was like, nah, fam. But Mom goes upstairs and starts realizing everything that's happening and starts going all badass mama mode. Yeah, there's a... So she... They're in the vents. Yeah, they're in the vents. And then, well, the one in the school's in the vent. The other ones start to kind of crawl around downstairs, and she gets to the kitchen. Yes. Um, one's in the kitchen eating. Mm-hmm. And a uh, fun fact about the gremlins, like, a lot of their emotion was through their ears. Yeah. So whenever, like, they're sad or they're thinking, like, they're down, and they, they tried to show as much inflection through their ears. Yes, as they could. As they could, because it was the biggest part that would translate well on screen. And then... Uh, so we have this woman, and they're, they're in the kitchen, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, she sees one in, uh, like, a mixer bowl. Yes. You're missing the KitchenAid mixer of the mixer, but there's a bowl, and she turns it on, and it's all chopped up. Another one explodes in the microwave, which was she a She stabs huge... one to death. This whole scene was a huge reason why they changed, they wanted a PG-13 rating after this whole thing. Yes. Mom was initially supposed to die. Yeah, beheaded. She was supposed to be eaten alive and then beheaded. And her head was supposed to roll down the stairs. And then Stripe was, I believe, supposed to drop, kick her head down the stairs when Billy got home. Yeah. I mean, that was dark. I I wish they filmed it just so I could get a visual as to what they could have done with it, but put it in, like, the deleted scenes. I almost think that might have been comical. Depending on how well the head would have been done. For the 80s, though, I don't think so. Oh, uh, that's fair. I think now, maybe. Now now it would have been fine. You could have maybe played... I mean, it's dark. It's far, very, very dark, but... 
For a PG-13 rating, yeah. Yeah, but they they didn't have that, so. Right. It was PGRR, and they went PG. Yes. But she goes all badass. She dual wields her knives at one point. Um, but we see these little beady eyes in the Christmas tree. Yes. And they, it jumps out at Mom and starts to strangle her. Billy gets home, grabs a sword that keeps falling off the wall, and Baseball bats him with the sword into the fire. Yes. And we good. And then we see Stripe escape through the window. Yes. And he's the only one left. Yes. He's the only one left. So Billy's like, okay, Mom's safe. We'll grab Gizmo, put him in the backpack. No, he doesn't grab Gizmo at this point. He goes out to try and catch Stripe. But yeah, Stripe, he does. He has Gizmo. Does he, he have Gizmo? He, it's either Gizmo's in the backpack yeah, or he finds him in the little wires. And he... He finds him in the laundry chute. Yeah, yes, yes, in the laundry chute. I was like, I knew he was either in some kind of uh, yeah, finds him in the laundry box chute. or something. Yeah, and he picks him up. Gizmo was carried for a large amount of the film as well because it was really hard to get him to walk or to be able to make him to walk. So they decided to put him in a backpack instead, and it turned out to be to their benefit. Yeah, because they could hide most of the wires in the backpack. They yep. could hide a lot of stuff in there to keep him functioning. Yes. Properly. Mm-hmm. But they chase him down and they end up at a pool. At the Y. And, yeah, at the YMCA. And Stripes is like, alright, screw everybody. And he cannonballs into the pool. And there's a bunch of little sounds and stuff here. Yep. And uh, Billy's like, oh boy. And he runs. Yep. I think that was probably a smart idea. Yeah, because you don't know how many are going to come out of that. Uh, it's about 400, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's so many. And each of the puppets cost between 30000 to $40,000. Mm-hmm. So every night when they were done filming, they would make the crew open up their trunks to make sure no one was stealing a puppet. Yeah, they had also several puppets, so I could understand. You wouldn't be able to notice if you put, if someone picked one off, but eventually. Yeah. But yes, now we're going to go pick up Kate. From her second job at the bar. Yeah, that's right. And that's where neighbor dude is drunk as a skunk. Mm-hmm, and he out. tries to start his snowplow, and it's quitting out on him, and he blames it on gremlins. Yeah. Because in World War II, it was believed that gremlins were the cause of a lot of technical errors with the airplanes. Yeah, on RAF air- aircraft, mostly. Yes. Um, which we'll get a little bit more into detail, but he does reference the lore of it, and he's like, ah, stupid gremlins and whatever. Also, I'm so glad they were like, get out, you're too drunk to drive. I was like, why are you even letting him get in this? Yeah. So, he walks home, which we know is not a very far walk, because the whole town is like the South Park town, it's like one street. (laughs) It's one whole street. (laughs) Yes. But Billy walks, uh, sorry, Phoebe. Not Phoebe. Phoebe's the actress's name. He walks Kate home. And we find out Kate hates Christmas. Yes. We don't know why yet. She just hates it. Yeah, and she's like, and if you tell people that you hate Christmas, then people basically tell you you're horrible and that they react like you're a leper or something like that. And she gets a little testy. But Billy manages to kind of turn the the walk around and asks her to go on a date the next week or on Thursday when she's free after work. Yes. Yeah. So she she joins the squad essentially. Mm-hmm. She's joined. Now we're gonna go and try and figure out what they go to the police station. Mm-hmm. Cops aren't buying it. Cops are like, what are <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So they're drunk too, I think. They're a little tipsy. There's just two of them. It's a small town. It makes sense if yeah. you have two cops. And they're teasing them. Then they kind of are playing with Gizmo, too, and talking about how cute he is and all that. And they're starting to get disturbing phone calls from people throughout this the town. Yeah, because I think we missed a scene where the gremlins come into town after they... I was going to mention that after okay, this. Okay, cool. So, yeah, they're getting the distress signals. And either right before this or right after this, we see all the gremlins coming through the town. Yeah. And wrecking shop, which this was stop motion. Yep. Which, I love stop motion. I think it's great. I think it's a lot of hard work, and I think it should be praised that it's a lot of hard work and it looks good. But one of the little um, demo light bulbs went out, 
And they're just like, oh, we have to reshoot this. And the guy's like, no, just add a little sound effect and it will be like a gremlin threw a rock at the light and busted it out. Great. Yes. Great improv, great thinking on, like, yes. Fantastic. I, yeah, that was fine. And I actually went back and rewatched that scene. I didn't notice. Like, it was fine. Yeah, you hardly notice the light even go out, but you hear it's breaking more of glass. It's a backlight than it is one of the main street lights that you see in that shot, so yeah. it's not that big a deal. No, but it's it's just also a nice little add-on because the gremlins are mischievous, so if you're hearing glass break, that means they're already starting. Mm-hmm. So they're going, they're hiding in mailboxes, they're going down the line, they're stealing stuff. Is this the part where we get to Mrs. Deagle's? Yeah, well, the cops get in the car and decide to start driving down because something happened. Well, we see Mr. Futterman at his house, and they take over the tractor. Him and his wife lived. They're in the second movie. I'm glad, but they look like they get run over by the tractor. Yes. And I think that's when they leave and get in the car. And the car's been tampered with, which they don't know that, but we kind of get a hint of that going on. And then we see, this is when we see Mrs. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle. Fair warning, this is my favorite death scene, because I hate this woman. So she's on her little chairlift coming down the stairs, carrying a cat or two. She's got many kitties. She's She's got four cats. Four kitties. They're all named after currency. So it's Dollar Bill, Drachma, and there's two other ones that I don't remember off the top You can tell that she's definitely a Scrooge and definitely wants all that money to herself. Big house. Big house. Oh, yeah. She's got probably the biggest house in town. Yeah. By far. And so gremlins are tampering with her stuff behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. She sees it, gets on her chairlift to start going back up the stairs, but a gremlin tampers it and essentially (laughs) makes it high voltage and, like, puts it at full blast or higher and just has her shoot out of her window into the snowbank and she's dead on impact and just like, yes. And they see this happen. The yes. two cops see her land in the snow. They're yes. Like, oh, that's their main exposure to the gremlins. The they cops. see and and the Santa Claus that's being overtaken by gremlins, and that's when they're like, "We should get out of here. We should go back to the stage." He's been Santa for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're just causing havoc and and. Killing people, hiding mailboxes, killing people that way. Yeah, Pete's fighting them off out of his bedroom window as well. And then we cut... Is this the bar scene? It's got to be a bar scene. It's the bar scene. Um, Kate's in there serving all of these gremlins. They're playing darts. One's smoking a cigar in the corner that's also made one other gremlin dress up like a lady to be his woman and all that. Mm -hmm. And one's shooting another one. And it's... Just beer flying everywhere, cigars everywhere, messy messy popcorns flying everywhere, people, like, gremlins are hanging on the ceiling fan. Yeah. It apparently smelled really bad because of how much cigar and cigarette smoke, but um, it took them also three weeks to prep for that scene. I can imagine there's so much going on. And there's little things going on. They're little cameo Easter eggs again. There's a gremlin that's playing a Star Wars video game. There's Mm -hmm. a gremlin that's got a fedora who's sitting alone smoking a cigarette that's supposed to be a nod to Frank Sinatra. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I I thought about going back and rewatching this. There's there's a lot. It's a lot. lot. It's a lot. And it was the last scene, I believe, that they filmed because... If they wrecked an animatronic at that point, then... It's okay. It's okay. This was also... The way they shot Gremlins is the first... First time... The first, like, run-through they did... All the actors, actors with the Gremlins, all this and all that. Then they took a couple weeks for Chris Wallace to really get the animatronics all good and ready to go. So that he could just have it filmed where there were scenes with only Gremlins in it. The Gremlin-only scenes. This, they brought back Phoebe to play Kate. Yes. Just to do the scene. Yes. So, after the bar, we save we save Kate from her mm-hmm. nonsense. Uh, do the gremlins... I mean, the gremlins are still wrecking shops at this point, and then they make it to the movie theater, don't yeah, they? Yeah, because it's starting to get closer to morning. So, they have an idea that they're going to die with sunlight, so they go into a big place that's dark, which is a movie theater. 
Yep, and uh, they all are sitting in their little seats. Some of them have got little popcorn. They're being the rowdy people, and they're watching seven, Snow White. <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and they love it. <laughs> they absolutely, they're singing along. Once they learn hi-ho, they're all singing hi-ho, and it's great. I love this scene so much just because Billy's just like, they're watching Snow White, and they love it. Yep. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of weird little things going on here. There's one that has Mickey Mouse ears that you see when kind of in the shadow. There, there's one with popcorn buckets on their heads or on their bodies. It, it's sh pure shenanigans. Absolutely. Um, but then they get, uh, Billy and Kate get the idea to set the whole place up. Yeah, they leak gas. Leak gas. <laughs> Blow it up. And while they're doing this, Kate is also, I believe, describing why she hates Christmas so much. Oh, yeah. Okay. This so, she ta is talking to Billy and Gizmo, saying, well, the reason why I hate Christmas so much is because when I was, like, ten or whatever, like, seven or ten or whatever. Somewhere was, in that age range. She was pretty young. She was young. I was waiting for my dad to come home from Christmas, and he never showed up, and... Several weeks later, when I turned on the fireplace, we smelled this horrific smell, and we called the police, and we thought it was just going to be like a raccoon or a squirrel, but that's when they pulled my dad out. He was dressed as Santa, and it was going to come down the Christmas tr the, the chimney with all the presents and everything, but he slipped and broke his neck on him, like, right away, and was stuck in the chimney, and that's why I hate Christmas. I'm like, oh! <laughs> I know. This was heavily wanted to be taken out by the producers and whatnot because when they watched it they weren't sure if they should cry or if they should laugh because it's kind of both it's elicits kind of a weird response it did with me too i was like i don't know how i'm supposed to react to that but that's why they kept it in they yeah. wanted you to be kind of awkward yeah about it i don't know how else to describe anxious that. Maybe a little bit and uncomfortable. Gizmo is the one paying the most attention because his little Billy's ears are looking going around. He's, he's like, "This woman is telling you a huge life story, and you're just what are you doing?" Right? Gizmo is giving like the little sad ears. He's like, "Whoa!" So this is probably a moment. Gizmo Gizmo had several puppets, and one of them was for a huge head, so that they could give more facial expressions for scenes that really mattered. I think this probably was one of those scenes. Yeah, it was a very big close-up, and they made things bigger around him. Any shot with him in the backpack was mm -hmm. the big head. Um, but yeah, they uh, they light up the place. And Stripe gets out. He's at the candy store. Stripe's the only one or that makes it out. the department store, rather. Yeah, he's the only one that's made it out. All the other gremlins are lit up. Like a Christmas tree. So Stripe now is one-on-one -on -one standoff with Billy. Yes. Gizmo joins in too. Gizmo yes. grabs his little race car from the toy Gizmo. store. They're at a toy store. Yes. So Gizmo grabs a and he's zooming around like it, he, he was in the movies and he's trying to be a cool guy. Um, cool guy. Stripe's beating the crap out of Billy, shooting... Yeah, he shoots a dart into his arm. Yeah, a little like, crossbow Ow! dart into his arm. Ow! He takes a chainsaw, which was a nod to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. And Billy's got a baseball bat, and they have a, a what, uh, they're like, which, lightsaber okay. mode, <laughs> I don't know. It's a wood baseball bat. It wouldn't survive. It unless that didn't have a chain on it, which is very possible if it's not... I mean, it wasn't a chain. It was in a toy store. So if you're playing enough force, you would well, still cut. Well, it was a department store. There was like shovels and stuff. It's true. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the gremlin just didn't have enough. For I don't know. You would have enough force to cut through it. I don't know. The logistics don't make a lot of sense to me. But it's a children's movie. Whatever. Whatever. Billy fends him off with all that and whatever. So strike. Also has a little tricycle that he's zooming around on. <laughs> Which, oh, we forgot to mention the gremlins. Originally, they considered using monkeys and chimpanzees in order to play the gremlins. But when they tried to put like a gremlin mask on a monkey, it freaked out. No shit. Yeah, I know. So that's why they did puppets. But 
I know, I know. The idea of putting an animal you can't explain anything to, like, it's fine, I'm just going to put a full bodysuit on you. What? Yeah, I don't know. Even a well-trained animal, you could do that. Is like that? Mm-mm. Nope, nope. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But Giz- Gizmo comes up with a great idea about trying to open up that window. Yeah, because Stripe has found a water source. Yes, he's Kate- heading toward a little fountain. Yeah, Kate has been trying to find a light source in order to blind him kind of thing. Yeah. And ends up turning on a water fountain in the middle of the store that Stripe finds. And he's starting to stick his fingers in to create more Stripe babies. But Gizmo launches himself, opens up that window, and he's like, I'm the hero! It's so funny. Yes, this, you are, Gizmo. You see you are. the Gizmo puppet go up, and he's so lifeless. Yeah. He's so lifeless at this just little scene in the movie, and he just, like, falls over. This was different than what they originally shot. So, Billy, mm-hmm. he did his own stunts. He did, like, a, a somersault over a potted plants, and then he did the blinds in the original take of this movie, and then they reshot it to do the, so that Gizmo was the hero. And Zach Galligan approached, I can't remember which producer, that he said, he's like, I thought I was supposed to be the hero. They're like, the movie's called Gremlins. We're going to have a, a Gizmo save the day. That makes more sense. So, I, I like that Gizmo's the hero more than Billy. I think it's Just more appropriate. It shows that Billy is not necessarily res- like responsible enough to care, but Gizmo is... Smart. Yeah. He's always thinking. and He, he went cute, through all of this. He's just, he's just so cute. I love Gizmo so much. So you see Stripe die pretty spectacularly. He melts. He melts like the evil witch, from, the bad witch from Wizard of Oz. There we go. Wicked witch. I, you know, my brain went Macbeth, but that doesn't even make sense, <laughs> does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. No, that's why it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, like the Wicked Witch, he melts spectacularly, and he's just ooey and gooey and just dying right in front of Gizmo and them. Gizmo's being all sheltered by his scarf and everything, so he's mm-hmm. in a nice dark place. And that's the end of Stripe. So we're gonna go home now. Yeah. So go home, and the aftermath is still. Affecting the town, but the grandfather, Mr. Mister Wing, that's his name, uh, comes back to collect Gizmo. The owner of the store in yes. Chinatown. Yeah. Scolds the family. You are for, not the red I told For you how terrible of a job they did for stealing, essentially, Gizmo. Um, and that they're not, they were never ready. They will never, no one will ever be ready. But kind of looks at Billy and he's like, maybe someday you will be. Um, Gizmo's mumbling a little bit, and Mr. Wing's like, he has something to say to you, Billy. And he pops out one last time and says, boy, Billy. Which is probably my favorite line. It's really cute. It's your favorite line? Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of this movie. It's probably the only one I really remembered. That's fair. <laughs> but he waves goodbye, and that's, that's the end. Yeah. Very cute. Nice little bow on top for oh. Christmas. Yep. It's a, it's a good... Christmas movie. I thought it was funny. I enjoy it. I also watched it a few years ago, so I was already exposed to it. You weren't? No, I had no idea what it... I'd never seen it. It didn't surprise me in any way when I watched it, but... Yeah. Um... Expanding a little bit more. So the gremlin folklore is during World War II, gremlins were thought to be, um... The reasons for the malfunctions with aircrafts, and eventually they also were like, well, these are, like, reasons of the enemy. The enemy is doing this. But then they were like, nope, gremlins are um, equal opportunity misfit <laughs> uh, <laughs> monsters. Because the same things were happening to enemy uh, aircrafts. Yes. And also in that time frame, they also had posters for safety with little gremlins on them. Um, for industrial buildings, essentially. Um, the other big thing about Gremlins is that Roald Dahl wrote a book called Gremlins, and they say he coined the term. I'm sure it was used before then, but, like, kind of he put it into writing. Yeah. But, um, so we have a death count, so if you're counting just the humans, we have eight. So, that okay, count. that's got to be the science teacher, Mrs. Deagle, the Santa Claus. We have the two guys at the mailbox. 
We have a sheriff. Right. But yeah. I, I saw okay. the list. I counted eight. But if you're going with all of the gremlins, we're also about 420 deaths in this movie. That's gotta be the most. That would be mad. So. Uh, I think we're gonna start doing that, figuring out the death count for movies moving forward. But other fun facts. Gizmo's coloring was based off of Steven Spielberg's dogs. They were Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. I know! Isn't that so cute? I think it's really cute. And I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, other big thing, the inspiration for this movie, the, the screenwriting for Chris Columbus, he lived in a flat in New York in a very, not a very well-kept area. And he had mouse that would sometimes run underneath his bed and brush past his arms that he would drape over the side of his bed at night. And he thought that was really creepy. What if you had a bunch of little creatures who would go and touch you and do things? And ugh. So that's kind of where he came up with the idea. And the idea for uh, Chinatown was from Chinatown in New York. So, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I pretty much just read more about, like, the puppetry. But like I said, it was just a lot of wires a dozen guys to a puppet, essentially, controlling every single movement. Yeah. Taglines. We'll do taglines, then we'll score. So, yeah. taglines for the movie. Cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. And sometimes it was that, and then it didn't have dangerous. It had, like, cute and stuff crossed out and said, we're here, as yep. well. Uh, you can't get burned seeing gremlins. What you see isn't what... You <sighs> That <laughs> what you see isn't always what you get. The gremlins are coming. Don't get him wet. Keep him out of bright light, and never feed him after midnight. And they didn't obey the rules. I like they didn't obey the rules. I like that too. I think that's my favorite. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna rate this shit because, like we said, we don't really have that much on the movie. I mean, we've still been talking for an hour. I mean, we did talk for <laughs> over an hour, but we, we don't have any additional notes, really. So, was it uh, scary or was it a good horror movie? I gave it a two. And I gave it a one. I think this is very self-explanatory. It's children's horror. Yeah. And horror, I would say, loosely based. Like, it, it's horror. I know it's horror, but it's not. I don't think, even as a kid, I would think this is scary. That's fair. But yeah, I gave it a two. I think as a kid, I see a lot of kids would be scared of gremlins attacking them. Like your pet essentially turning on you. Mm -hmm. That kind of mentality. That's why I kind of give it a two. But but yeah, uh, how was the acting? I gave it a six. I, I wasn't mad about it. Yeah, same. Not much to say there. No, everybody was pretty solid. Special effects, I gave it my first 10. Special effects, I gave an 8. I liked it. I thought the puppets were really well done. I think it holds up just fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, was it a compelling story, and did it have interesting twists? I gave it a 7. I gave it a 5. No interesting twist. You see all of the stuff coming a mile away. I gave it a 7, also, mostly because of the compelling story, because it wasn't necessarily based on anything. It was very original. original. So I wanted to give it points for that because half the stuff we watch today is remakes or redone or... Yeah. Or especially, and maybe not necessarily the horror genre, but definitely regular stuff. All I see is remakes or sequels. Yeah. N not a lot of originality going no. on. So that's why I gave it the 7. I wanted it to get that little extra boost because that's what I was thinking of. And character development and writing. I only gave it a 5. Same. Because... I liked a lot of the character development, especially with Kate, because, like, you, we found out pretty much everything about her. She She's has left field. She has to work two jobs. She has a terrible, tragic backstory that she goes into full detail with. She's kind of a badass mm -hmm. in terms of, like, keeping like keeping true to herself, being strong, even with Billy trying to take the, taking the lead. Yep. But she helps. She's well, yeah. She holds her own in the bar scene. Absolutely. Otherwise, she would have been dead. Yep. Um. So my total score was a thirty, and mine was a twenty-five. So that is a fifty-five total. Yep. So that puts us in between the ring and Ringu on the score. Yeah. Which is surprising. It, it's so far beating the Purge, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the Ring. 
Which I'm fine with it beating two of those. So, next we have The Mist. Yes, so uh, it's our first Stephen King adaptation. Is it really? Yeah, it's based on um, oh, yeah, a I guess it is. little novella okay. of his. Um, I really enjoy it. There's a big twist at the end. Yeah, I don't know anything about this, so I'm prepared. I've heard it. I'm going to get my heart ripped out and stomped on, so we'll see. <laughs> For those of you that know, <laughs> be looking forward to it. Oh, gosh. Huh? Um, so, heavy spoilers to come uh, with The Mist, because not everybody has seen it. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, because it is the, the season, and especially because of the pandemic that's going on. And with a little bit of Kate tie-in with this, seasonal depression is really important to be aware of. Mm -hmm. If you are experiencing this, we're going to have a link in the description below, a link or two, um, that if you need to reach out to somebody, please do. Don't let it fester. Don't just, just handle it with care. Find somebody to talk to. Get better. Feel good. Just know it's... Not the end of the world. Things do get better. You're part of our family <laughs> now. So we want you to be you safe, healthy, <laughs> and, and get through this terrible holiday season of uh, COVID-19. So I uh, just wanted to kind of plug that while we were here at Other the end. Other than that, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Yep. Uh, remember, you can find us on Twitter, A Unnerved, Facebook, Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. And my uh, sister who did the artwork, she can be found at Danny Draws Dragons on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. We'll see you guys at the 2021 January 1st brand new guys, year. Guys, new year, new me. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new me, same COVID. <laughs> oh, gosh, thanks. <laughs> It just doesn't go away. But anyways, uh, stay safe, stay spooky, uh, happy holidays. We'll see you all next time. All right. Bye. Bye.